0: Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Horsham Church of Christ. For more information, please visit our website at www.horsham.org.au I don't know what your family gatherings are like, but I know whether it's um, with our four girls at home or whether when I get together with my brothers and mum and dad, There's always a conversation that comes up at some stage throughout our gatherings. And it starts with three words. I remember when. Mummy, maybe some of you are already rolling your eyes at those three words and thought, oh, here we go. And it's always a fascinating conversation. I know in our family when we remember when, remember when someone says, oh, yeah, come on, here we go. Tell us the story kind of thing. It's a bit more banter too when I'm with my brothers because the perspective changes depending on who tells the story. But what we noticed is that when those words come up, it's often a pointing back to. It's often a time when we gather that we're pointing back to something that we remember, that we celebrate, that we want to laugh about, that maybe the perspective has changed over the years as well. Inevitably, what will also happen is that the story that is reasonably short will often take longer than it should. Because everyone else wants to interject, no, that's not what happened. No, it didn't happen like that. That's not how I remember it. And so the story gains a different perspective or a much fuller perspective, depending on your point of view. The story, though, always takes longer than it should to tell. Maybe as a child, you're sitting here watching this, whether you're in primary school or in high school, and you know you come home some days from school or you've been listening to your friends and you're complaining to your parents about it, how unfair life is. You know, all your friends have the phones or your friends can stay up later or your friends get to watch this or whatever else and, or you, your friends don't have to walk to school or catch the bus or whatever complaint you might have about your day. I bet you that your parents will at some stage say, oh, I remember when I was a child, a boy or a girl who went to school and you go, oh, mum, dad. You know, and they tell you, we, we used to laugh at home about, you know, dad telling stories about walking through the snow to get to school. I don't know that it snowed in Queensland, but anyway, all sorts of stories that we're told. And I think sometimes, we groan and we moan about these conversations but actually I've been wondering lately if these are actually an invitation. An invitation into a much deeper story because remembering is a part of who we are. We remember celebrations, we remember birthdays, we remember wedding anniversaries or Some of us remember wedding anniversaries. Uh, We remember uh, grand final victories and we celebrate them every 10 years. We gather all together with those that we did that with. Or remember great trips that we've been on. We remember Anzac Day. We remember um, Australia Day, knowing the change that's happening in that remembering. We remember Remembrance Day, Uh, all sorts of moments and occasions in our history that we remember. And we want to invite you into a bigger story. Over the next few weeks, we want to invite you into a story of remembering, a story that engages us not just for long ago, but also engages us and invites us to participate in the here and now. And if you're new to church, if you're new to faith, if you're exploring who Jesus might be, if this person called Jesus actually makes any sense in your life, we want to invite you to stay believing that these stories are not just for long ago, that are so far long ago that they no longer have an impact upon our world. But indeed, they are stories that transform us. They are stories that encourage us. They are stories that inspire inspire and motivate us we're going to start with an ancient text before we go there I wonder if you'd pray with me I just really want to stop in this moment and pray as we consider the stories that God might be inviting us into so father we want to thank you because you are good and we want to thank you that you have been a part of our story part of shaping our story even if we don't acknowledge you yet even for those who are checking this space out wondering what on earth this is about Father, thank you that you have already been at work inviting us in much deeper and richer to discover your heart for each of us. And we pray that today and in the weeks ahead as we remember when, that your power, that your spirit, that your love would break through uh, the hardness of heart, uh, open up blind eyes, soften minds and spirits to receive you, to know you, and to come alive and to be awakened to your heart for each of us we look forward to what you will reveal and I pray that the words that I speak would be the words of your spirit and anything not from you father would just fall away be laid down and father you would bring new life to things that have laid dormant for a long time in the name of Jesus we pray amen so come with me into a text from long ago let me start here in Psalm 77 Psalm 77, the first few verses. I won't be reading the whole Psalm throughout this message, but just picking out a few parts. It'll be available in our UVersion Bible app that you can follow along or we'll write it down to go look out later. But Psalm 77, I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night I stretched out untiring hands, and I would not be comforted. I remembered you, God. And I groaned, I meditated, and my spirit grew faint. See, what we know is that there's times in our lives that we go through seasons, we go through hardships, we go through struggles, we go through joys. There's no doubt about that. Some of those are expected. There's a sense in our country where we expect drought, where we expect fire, where we expect floods. Maybe it's not ideal and certainly uh, destructive and uh, painstaking. There's an element of expectation. What we don't expect is for the um, overall damage, particularly fires like we saw at the start of this year. Remember those fires? (laughs) Wow, that was in 2020 as well. There's a sense where we have this expectation of celebrating birthdays, celebrating events, but there's also the unexpected events that we struggle with. Maybe um, illness, tragedy, death, those things that are unexpected. Um, The message writes the first few verses of Psalm 77 like this. I yell out to my God. I yell with all my might. I yell at the top of my lungs. He listens. I found myself in trouble and went looking for my Lord. My life was an open wound that wouldn't heal. And when friends said, everything will turn out all right, I didn't believe a word they said. I remember God and I shake my head. Maybe as we think about 2020, that's how you're feeling at the moment. Because remember those unexpected things I talked about? Things like a pandemic. But see, it's not just about a pandemic. And I know that we're probably sick of talking about it, thinking about it. Wondering about it. There's a lot of things that we're sick about talking about this pandemic. But I want you to stay with me here because I think today and indeed this series will be really important for us moving through this. And I really believe God is inviting us into something really deep and rich through this series. But we need to start here. But see, it's not just about the pandemic. It's not just about um, where it started, how it started. It's not just about government decisions, government frustrations. It's not even just about whether we're wearing masks, don't have to wear masks, when we can see family. We there's all those extra, extra elements to it. So there's grief in this. The grief that we haven't been able to celebrate wedding anniversaries. The grief that we haven't been able to celebrate significant birthdays. The grief that's been layered because uh, when loved ones have died, we've been limited by how many people can come and share that with us. And the challenge of deciding who can be in the room and who isn't able to be in the room. There's been grief around this because Debs have been dismissed. uh, Valedictorian dinners have been vanquished. uh, Plays have been postponed. There's all sorts of grief around this time that we're not always very great at acknowledging. There's a challenge about our life being changed. There's things that have been taken away from us that we didn't expect through this time, that we weren't planning for it. When this pandemic first came, some of us thought, oh, we'll be all over and done in four to six weeks. And so we're feeling this immense sense of frustration build and uncertain what to do with and what it looks like from here on in because this has been a long journey, but what about the sense of um, seeing people in hospital go into hospital? That's changed the way that we care for our loved ones in hospital. What about seeing our parents in care and being moved into a nursing home or into respite or even changing the way that we can connect with our elderly parents or our loved ones, our husbands, our wives, where once we could walk through the hospital freely, now we can't. There's more grief that's been layered and laid And laid. And some people say to us, everything will turn out all right. And we kind of shrug our shoulders and go, oh, I'm not sure where this is going to land, how this will land. I'm not sure what will come out of this. I yell out to God, I yell at the top of my lungs, and nothing seems to change very quickly. And maybe it's not just about the pandemic or anything else that I've just spoken about. Maybe there's other things happening for you. And I think this psalm really speaks and encourages us to consider this. We can yell out to God. We can cry out to God. We can remember God and shake our heads. I think that's a beautiful gift. I don't understand here, God. This is driving me crazy. There's a lot about this year that has caused us grief. There's a lot about this year that we've struggled with and wrestled with. There's a lot about this year that we go, it's been really good and we've really enjoyed it. There's other parts about this year where wherever you are, I was just thinking about remote learning for parents. Some of us have enjoyed it. Some of us have struggled with it. Some of us enjoyed it the first time round. Some of us have struggled the second time round. All sorts of dynamics about this season. I want to encourage us, remember God. And even if that begins with yelling at him and shaking our heads because there's a beautiful gift in this that comes for us because what we've been faced with is uncertainty. We've felt grief upon grief upon grief, layers of grief. We've felt disrupted and disconnected. And that can be hard to comprehend. It can be hard to understand. In the Psalms, though, there's this word. See, what we do with the Psalms is often we read it in 30 to 60 second bursts. Oh, that's a nice Psalm. That's an encouraging Psalm. We grab a hold of these verses that encourage us and bless us. And that's a great thing to do. But also, I don't think we're very good at recognising that the struggle with which these words were written. I don't think the various psalmists, there's numerous psalmists who wrote this collection of poetry and songs. I don't think they sat down one day and just thought, oh, this is my struggle, I'm just going to write down a few lines. I don't think that's how it worked. I think they were birthed out of hardship and struggle and questioning and challenging and celebration and praise and not quite working and disappointment and fear and sin knowing that their hearts weren't aligned to the Spirit of God. They took time. I, I just discovered this week that these collection of Psalms, 150 chapters that we've got listed as, were written possibly over 900 years. And we read them in 30 to 60 second verse. And in the middle of many Psalms, what we find is this one word, sailor. Sailor. Pause. Now, many of us will skip over this when we read the Psalms because it's just an italic on the side of the margin almost. Sailor, pause here for a while. Wait here. Sit with this for a bit. Mull it over. Be in the presence of God with this. Wait with God. We're not always very good at it though, are we? Now, I don't want to dismiss there's still positive things that are happening and it's important that we do remain positive positive. and I know that many people I talk to, they, we can talk about the many good things that we have and that's great, but I don't think we can move out of grief or hardship or struggle if all we do is look for positivity. I think that becomes falsehood. I think God actually wants to minister to us and heal us Because what we tend to do with our grief is we tend to rush through because you know there's other things to do. We've got to go to work. We've got to pay our mortgages. We've got tasks to do and we can fill up our lives. But in the filling up of our lives and filling up our days and filling up our hours, we don't give our spirits enough time to pause, to breathe. Grief can be hard and yet treated well. It can be an incredibly rich gift. The psalmist goes on. You kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. But hear this. I thought about the former days, the years of long ago. I remembered my songs in the night. What often happens in these moments, we we struggle and we wrestle and we get caught in uh, these moments And it's important that we stop and wrestle in them, but these moments become the defining act for us. They become the defining heart or experience for us. And yet the psalmist reminds us that in the middle of these moments, even if we can't feel it in that moment, we can remember who God is from a time gone past. We can remember when God did. We can remember when God was faithful. Now we're going to get to a surprise here in a minute. But I think this is an incredibly beautiful encouragement to us. Remember the former days, the years of long ago. My songs in the night, even in the night, I can sing songs of God. Even in my grief, night is in the psalmist, it's it's about the darkness, it's about the struggle, it's about the hardship. I remembered my songs in the night. I remembered my songs in the grief. And he goes on. My heart meditated and my spirit asked, will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his favour again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? Is our faith big enough or small enough? (laughs) We don't need much faith, incidentally to ask God the questions. Now, if we're willing to ask God questions, we need to trust that he's big enough to handle them. It might not be very high, it might not be very big, but I think God is actually big enough to handle these questions. And I think the psalmist teaches us this. Will the Lord reject me forever? Will I have to go through this struggle forever? What is happening here, God? And I know some of you have been asking some of those questions for a long period of time. And it's hard because we wonder when things will change. Certainly many of us are wondering when the next stage will be implemented, when the next step will be taken for our government. We don't know when things will change. We don't know when things will go back to normal. God, what are you doing? Sailor, pause. Wait. Breathe. Be in the presence of God. Don't try and imagine what it might look like. Don't try and even compare it to what it was last week or what it was last month or what it was last year. Be with God. Let God be with you. And your mind will be busy, your mind will be racing, your mind will be full of other things. (sighs) Sailor. Pause. It's hard, isn't it? If I sat here long enough, some of you would start to wrestle and get itchy and feel a bit awkward because, oh, when's he going to keep going? Has my computer frozen? Sailor. pause and look what happens here then I thought wrote the psalmist then I thought to this I will appeal The years when the Most High stretched out his right hand. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. And he spends a couple of verses talking about the wonder and the glory and the miracles of God, not actually defining them, not actually talking about them specifically for a couple of verses. And then he says, then he says this get this. With your mighty arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. Sailor, pause in this. Think on this. Consider this. And then he talks about the moment when the people of Israel... He does this in a couple of verses. The people of Israel were um, led out of Egypt. They crossed the desert. They came to the the sea and the waters were parted before them. The, The rains withheld. God thundered his presence. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Now, get this. Understand this here. Be invited into the story here because the psalmist, the author of this psalm, the author of this poem, the author of this crying out to God, he wasn't there. He wasn't there. (laughs) And yet this is the very thing that he went back to. He went so far back. I think it's about 10 to 12 generations that the psalmist might have gone back to to remember God's faithfulness. 10 to 12 generations. It wasn't just, I remember what you did last year, God, and that was so good. It wasn't even what you did for me. It wasn't even how you made me feel, God. I remember God. I remember the stories of those who have gone before me for generations, and I remember. I remember when you led your people out of slavery. Wow. That is, that is a beautiful invitation. Come on now, isn't it? I hope you're sitting there and you're sitting there with your mouth open, your heart awake and your spirit stirred, and you've gone, oh, hang on a minute. This isn't just about me. Oh, great. Good start. Um, it's an invitation into what God wants to do in you and through you with a bigger story, with a larger community. Yeah, I know, we feel like we're just stuck at home. Yes, we are. We are still a part of something bigger. And I want to invite you to remember when. Because you're here today because someone in 1838 or something decided to come from Melbourne to Horsham and say, there's a mission, there's good news to be told there. You weren't alive in 1838, The oldest person in our congregation, the oldest person in Horsham wasn't alive in 1838, but you are here, I am here. We are watching this today because someone moved out of Melbourne and came to Horsham because they thought there was an opportunity to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Remember when? God did great things. We are here today because of the generations who have gone before us. I stand here today because I I can only look back to two generations of faith-filled living. I can only look back to uh, my parents and my grandparents who are uh, both people of faith, uh, both generations, incredibly faithful, incredibly faithful servants in ministry and passionate about the local church, contributing to the local community. I'm only going back two generations. This author went back at least 10. I remember when. And we roll our eyes and we groan. And actually, it's an invitation to gain some wisdom. It's an invitation to remember how God has moved before. It's an invitation to remember that God does do miracles. It's an invitation to be reminded of God's glory and wonder and power and redemption and restoration and renewal. That's the kind of God we worship. That's the kind of God we value. That's the kind of God we, we celebrate. That's the kind of good news that is revealed in Jesus. See, the stories worth remembering are not measured by time. They're not measured by days or hours, but by seasons and experienced and shared. They are stories that become new opportunities to shape the generations to come as they reveal the glory of God. See, I, I wonder as we're sitting here today, See, so in 12 months' time, what will happen, people will sit around their homes, their meal tables or whatever it be, and they'll go, oh, this time last year, we we're in lockdown. Oh, this time last year, we were wearing masks. This time last year, we couldn't dot, 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 dot. This time last year, I missed out on dot, 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 dot. I wonder if there's something else that we could say. Hey, remember when... The people of faith declared God's goodness even when it looked like he wasn't there. And I, I want this not just to be about the next 12 months, but I'll, I want to ask you, what are people going to say about this generation, about us sitting here right now in the next 10, 20, 30, 50 years. This is a pivotal moment for you and I, whether you're a follower of Jesus or or have been for a long time or yet to decide, this is a moment in time, a moment in history where we get to declare the goodness and faithfulness of God, despite our circumstances, knowing that from generations long ago, God is faithful. God is a God of wonder and glory and miracles, and he will do and will be again. And he will reveal himself and he will bring about redemption and renewal and restoration and i wonder if we will be the generation that generations to come talk about who remain faithful compassionate excited um, generous uh, a people of blessing a people of hope a people who wrestled with their grief but did not refuse to give up on the glory and the wonder and the story of god what will people speak about our generation Are we the people who point to the hope in God or the people who complain about a government making legislation? Are we the people who will point to the, the hope and the faith that we can have in God who will lead us regardless of our circumstances? I hope we will be for the generations to come. That when people talk about 2020, they won't just talk about the pandemic. They will talk about people of long ago whom God worked through and brought out of hard times. Paul writes to the Corinthians Church and he says, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. There's a few verses in here, but this is what I want us to capture. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Hey, I know some of us are going through difficult circumstances. This life is a jar of clay. It is fragile. It is broken. We know that. But there is one who has overcome brokenness. There is one who has overcome death. And we can carry around that light and that life for generations to point to. In Hebrews, the author talks about, um, it was about 12 to 14 great events before he gets to a point and he says, I don't even have the time to tell you. I don't have time to tell you of all the other things that God has done through his people, what he did for Daniel and what he did for Gideon and what he did for um, Abraham and what he did for uh, David, uh, what he did for Solomon. I don't have the time to explain it all to you, but I have heard the stories of people who have endured great persecution, great hardship, great suffering. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Now I want to invite you friends to remember when. Now your faith might be wavering at the moment. You might be uncertain. You might have lost a bit of interest, but you're still here. Remember when you first encountered the life-changing, transforming forgiveness of God. Remember when you first heard that and it awakened your heart and your spirit and your head uh, saw new things. Remember when you first experienced that joy. Remember when someone first spoke to you about the love that God has for you. Remember when you first made that declaration of faith. Remember when you first went through the waters of baptism and you said, I am no longer that old creation. I am a new creation in Christ. They're the stories we need to tell. They're the stories we need to be reminded of. Because they're the stories that can influence and shape a community for generations to come. We need good news. There's no doubt about it. This is good news. Yes, there is grief. Yes, there is hardship. Yes, we need to pause and be in the presence of God with those. But they are moments where we can also remember the goodness of God who points to his hope being revealed fully through Jesus. And this is ultimately the invitation that we have for you to declare Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. Everything from long ago even from Moses and Aaron, Jacob and Joseph, from the beginning of time, was about God wanting to be in relationship with you and I, with his people. And there's been moments where that's looked really great and moments where it hasn't been so great. You and I know that personally, let alone for our community and our world. There's moments where we're passionately following God, passionately aligned to him, and there's moments where we're going, (sighs) not sure. Come back to god ask the question seek him out because in the end god says you know what i'll show you the extent of my love you want evidence of my love i come in the form of jesus i participate in all your questions i participate in all your struggles i participate in all your grief i go through everything that you go through I've felt everything that you felt and I've taken it to the cross. Every sense of condemning thought, every shameful thought, every horrible word that's been spoken of you, every sense of scorn or disappointment or fear or hate that has been spoken of you, I've dealt with it. Everything that you think you've done wrong, every regret in your life, every fear that you've had, I've dealt with it. It's gone. I don't remember it anymore. And God says, remember me. Remember all that I've done because I have overcome death. Jesus, who lived amongst us, went to a horrible, brutal death and then rose again in three days to say, I have overcome all death, any experience of death. There's nothing that we've done that can remove us too far from God. There's no mistake too big that, can't, that God can't restore and renew us to himself and make us whole again. And we want to invite you today to respond to Jesus and declare him as your Lord and your Saviour. Surrender to him your ways. Bring to him your grief. Bring to him your questions. Sit with him and know his healing. And may we remember today... As a moment of declaration, as a moment of hope, would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your goodness, we thank you for your love, we thank you for your eternal nature that has expanded in a way bigger than we can imagine, more than we can imagine, further than we can imagine. You continue to breathe life. And we give you thanks and honor and praise, Father. For those of us sitting here today who aren't sure about you, maybe today is the moment where you want to say, God, I surrender to you. I confess that I have wandered away from you. I've confessed I have lost my heart for you. I confess I have never known you and I have thought about making life of my own. I'm sorry, God. I want to come to you, submit to you, know you. I want to be invited into the story that you have been created since long ago. I want to know the hope of Jesus. I want to be awakened to the promise of Jesus, knowing that all that you've taken was so that I might know the beauty and the wonder of God's restoration, renewal, love and hope. I come to you today. Teach me to follow you. Teach me to learn from you. Teach me to hear from you. May I learn to sit with you so that I could become more like you. Not just today, but in the days, the weeks, the months and the years to come. For us as a community, Father, we want to pray that this will be a moment, a pivotal moment for us in history where we... Declare the hope and the glory and we are reminded of the beauty and the wonder and the miracles that you have been doing all throughout history that invite us to be a part of your community, your family, your body. Praise be to your name. Amen.